Hey, brother. What's up, brother? Welcome. To, that was <laughs> a lot of energy today. All right. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 13 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. That's me, Free Miles Garrett. Free Miles Garrett for sure. Uh, Match Wits is a nostalgia-infused, non-Cleveland Browns podcast, yet we're Cleveland Browns fans. Yes, we are. Uh, I, I typically handle the nostalgia. Chris handles the uh, pop culture. Uh, we talk about a bunch of different things, oftentimes in disagreement. And if we have a disagreement, we have what we call a dimwit challenge. The last dimwit challenge it was the hug-a-mug. That's right. Right, which you called, I can't remember what you called it. They were the, the proper name for a hug and mug, little hugs. Little hugs is the manufacturer yes. who makes the things that you were talking about. Yes. So I owe Chris six bucks, basically. Yes, you do. A uh, couple things to get to on this week's podcast. Um, usually we'll go through some nostalgia and then we'll jump into uh, talking about some one broad topic of movies or whatever, which we, we haven't done this time. Um, so we're going to go. I've got a couple things written down that I want to kind of go through with, with my brother here. Um, we did, we were off last week. Um, we were actually, Chris and I were together with our dad and our brother-in-law and some friends and went and saw, uh, the Browns beat the Bills yep. in, in, in Cleveland. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was an inter- interesting energy at that game. It was, everybody was kind of waiting for the Browns to lose. Um, if we would have the, the, the young dr- drunk, a twenty-year-old in front of us uh, would have been more unbearable than she already wa- was. But luckily, we won. Shut her up, and yeah. uh, then we moved on to to Pittsburgh. Don't want to go too much into it, other than um, you know, uh, it is what it is, right? What Miles Garrett did was nobody's going to argue what he did was okay. It was not. It wasn't. No. Um, and and it and it sucks coming out of a Thursday night game where. They put a whoop into the Steelers and come out feeling like you lost feeling because, like we lost. and not and not that just very deflating. And now you're like you're looking at your best player, a guy who for the most part has been the pinnacle of character uh, for a franchise. Steve, um, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Didn't he win the Clay Matthews Public Service Award like this year or last year? Like for all the good stuff that he does, he like he he, yeah, runs, I'm not, he runs like an I'm animal. Not sure. He runs an animal charity. He he took over for I think one of for the, the water charity. Yeah, like all yeah. He, he does all of this public service yeah. stuff, and he's like all accounts. I mean, he's off the field is like the nicest, most peaceful dude yeah. on the planet. And then he attacked. He even got punched in the face by a fan and a couple weeks. It was a month or so ago, and didn't even retaliate. Like he was oh. sitting in his car, the guy fan comes up, and says, "Hey, can you take a selfie with me?" He says yes, and the, the fan punches <laughs> him in the face, and he does nothing. So uh, it, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that and and for me, you know, football's become challenging. I'm, you know, I've, it's my favorite sport to watch. I sure. love rooting on the Browns, even as as awful as they've been. It's sixteen games. You know, I remember going back to our childhood watching. Uh, you know, my, one of my earliest memories, I think we've talked on the podcast before, was when the Browns lost to the Raiders on Red Right 22 or whatever it was. Red Right 88. When, when Brian Sype, oh yeah, 88, mm-hmm. where Brian Sype threw the, threw the interception. And all the way through the, for the drive and the fumble and all that misery, still enjoyed watching the Browns every week. And it's just been really hard this year for me because of two things. And, and part, and, and this is completely on me for part of it, right? Is, most of the people I follow on Twitter with the Matchwits account 
are related to the Browns, yep. right? They are. They do other podcasts. There's a bunch of good Browns podcasts out there. They are the Cleveland media, who is atrocious. Yep. Um, these are the people who write for Cleveland.com and Akron Beacon Journal and some of those. Uh, the you know they've been around like Tony Grossi and those guys. I, I don't follow Tony Grossi, no. but it's that type of state media, old school media. So that brings a ton of negativity. Uh, and then the fans, with you know, particularly this year, like the the whole cancel culture with Freddie Kitchens, yep. like, oh my god, like I, it's unbearable. And then to have something like this happen, and then have it be where the NFL can't get out of its own way on some of these things, right? Where there is no firm rules on some of these things, right? Sure, you know. We had an incident. Wow, what game was it? Where uh, somebody like helmet to helmet contact was this last year at the Houston game, or maybe this year? Where helmet to helmet contact on Baker Mayfield, and the refs get up and was like, "Hey, that that is allowed because he was a runner. He was a runner." Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but then we turn around and have stuff the other way, and it's just it's so inconsistent. This yeah. whole re, instant replay, like I just feel like it's detracting from the game and the the fan experience of the game. Yeah, uh, at least for me personally. And again, that that the 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 Browns Twitter is not the NFL's problem, but it's just a problem with the overall culture, which is like, hey, we can be like three games into a season, like fire the coach, fire everybody. We, yeah, now <laughs> like, all of a sudden Dorsey's an idiot because of like one or two moves yeah. hadn't paid off and like it's just relax everybody it's like that's what after the game on Thursday I refused to go on social media like almost all day Friday just because I didn't want to hear every single person's opinion about what should happen or about what did happen or or right. any of that just because everybody feels the need because they have a soapbox called social media that they feel mm. the need to get up there and yell at the top of their lungs when you don't know you have no idea like i had people like they were straight up commenting to me like talking about what a thug miles garrett is i was like you clearly don't know anything no. about him outside of right. what you just saw on national television like yeah it was a bad look for him but Something clearly set him off, and something's clearly happened to make him do something like that. Because yeah. all accounts is that that's not how he is. But no. I couldn't. And I could. not a dirty player. Like uh, was it uh, Montez Perfect? He is had, not. But Steve, <laughs> Steve Miles has had some questionable personal foul. You know what I mean? He's had a bunch of those this season where he he kind of didn't let up, which I get. Like. Sometimes when you're on the field, that's just the way it works, and you can't turn it off. But right. I don't know. It's just kind of maddening to me. So that, that's why I had a full Twitter embargo for most of Friday. And everybody yeah. I know and everybody I deal with at work all know that I'm a diehard Browns fan. So, like, everybody was asking me, and I was I kind of laughed at first. I was like, if it would have been different had Mason Rudolph stood up and had a giant gash in his head and blood running down his face. But he didn't even, like, fall down. Until Larry Ogunjobi shoved it, but <laughs> right, so yeah, I right. thought it was. And he got funny. hit with a safety device. I thought it was funny too. <laughs> I, and was I guess funny. we were in the minority. I was like, "Oh wait, you picked a fight with a, a six-five defensive end, and he finished it by smashing your own by taking the helmet off your head and hitting you with it." Th- to me, that's funny. That's super funny. Sorry, I had to turn, so, turn my dehumidifier off. No, it's no. Super- I was like, I was like, it sounded like the phone went off. I was like, hey, was- no, I, I just ran, I ran over across the room. and I forgot to turn the dehumidifier off. But nice. it was one of it, 
it was funny because it didn't happen to our team. You know what I mean? It was happening to somebody right. else. And everybody always laughed through all the history of the Browns and the, and the Steelers, all the horrible things that have, the Steelers have done to us. And then they're just like, well, that was the dirtiest play I've ever seen. Really? Joey Porter beat up one of our running backs during pregame warmups. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Straight up just went after Willie Green and beat him up in the before the game had even started. So yeah. it's funny to see how fast when things are on when the when the, the shoes on the other foot, how quickly they're like, Oh, that's so dirty. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Well and I and I think the the thing that I had a hard time with was at then for for Mason Rudolph to go on the pro the post game presser and say it was Bush League and cowardly. Yep. After he was the one that started it, like started it, uh, it was just it was. I it seemed like there was zero accountability on his end, and from everything I saw from Miles, he was pretty contrite. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, I love the fact that now Mason Rudolph has become the poster child for white privilege, because Miles is out, <laughs> out indefinitely. Ogunjobi gets a one game suspension. Pouncey gets a three game suspension, and Mason Rudolph, who started it, instigated it, and it elevated it, and and escalated it. Gets a yep. fine. Yep, thirty-five thousand dollars fine. I think yep. is what I read. Yeah. So, it, and you know, if it was me, and again, I'm not Roger Goodell, and I don't know, uh, you know, Roger Goodell's been so. I would have just given him all a one-game suspension and let him slug it out in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh in two weeks, and that would have been that would have been a hell of a game. Yeah, it's going to be anyways. Uh, it's regardless but, of yeah, what but happens, it's yeah. still going to be. It's still going to be. Yeah, nasty. but we're without we're without arguably our best player. Sure. So I don't know. It it is what it is. Um, it's a hard pill to swallow because we played really it, well. Like Baker played pretty well. Yeah. Like our team played pretty well. Like what were they doing passing with eight seconds left down two touchdowns? Like what were I the Steelers doing? Uh, uh, yeah. Were you trying uh, just, to score that like, magic? Run, run the run the draw and and <laughs> and, and, and see in two weeks. Yeah. But and take your butt whooping. It, like just accept it. What, it is what it, it is. What it is. So. Yeah. It was. It sucks because we haven't beat the Ravens and the Steelers in the same season ever, ever, ever since we came back in the league in '99 when the Ravens came into existence. We've never beat them. We're two and zero in the division. Yep. We're on the little placard for in the playoff hunt, even though we're well, what are we four and six? Yeah, four and six. The Pittsburgh's five and five, whatever. But we have a doable schedule. But without Miles Garrett, without Larry next week, and I don't know, it's going to get. And then losing Morgan Burnett, I know he's your favorite, Brown, but he had a hell of a he had a hell of a game. Revenge and game, he, Steve. Like revenge game. Yeah. Even like the plays that he made where they were spectacular, he was kind of out of position and just kind of was like the the interception he had. That was all Denzel Ward. That was him. Denzel Ward getting his head around. Like even look at in where Morgan Burnett he was out of position. And the way it, it caromed, it caromed right to him because of Denzel right. Ward's deflection. But no, I am not heartbroken for losing Morgan Burnett. I just really hope that they they go and get Eric Berry. They would just be mm. such a smart. I, I I don't know if he's in shape. I don't know if he can still play. But right. it's better than Eric Murray or Sheldrick Redwine or any of those other half-ass safeties we're going to roll out there. So yeah, we're thin at safety. Yes, we um, are. We can move people around. So. But, Our defense concerns me. Um, they played well. Know, I think they, they they did. Oh no, they did. And, and Joe Schobert's a stud. But yes, I mean, without Miles Garrett and without Larry, I mean, luckily we're playing the Dolphins. But yeah. The Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins are arguably trying to tank, and they're winning games. And they're winning games. Like, <laughs> so they, they can't even tank. Be, they can't even tank properly. Yeah. So let's be let's be careful on that. Yeah. All right. So no more Browns. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah, it sucks coming off of a, a huge win like that, um, which should be such an uplift. Um, and it was, even hearing Joe Thomas talk about it, like going to the Muni a lot afterwards, thought it was going to be pandemonium, and it was a little bit like, um, I don't want to say somber, but it was like it just had a different energy to it. Sure, sure. Um, I saw a picture, just going back real quick to when we went to that Bills game, um, and I saw a picture on Twitter, and I should, I should have retweeted it or something, it, a picture of the Muni lot, Muni lot from the air, that is massive. It is. Like, it's like an, a mile and a half of party yep. uh, going on, and we are at the very end, the last people to enter. Um, in our, in our it was, limo. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was a SUV. It wasn't a limo. So it was like, honestly, Steve, I don't know if I ever want to go to another Browns game because that experience, in a nutshell, was one of my favorite football-going experiences. If we had lost, I probably would, wouldn't be saying the same thing, but just the driving the yeah. the SUV, whatever you want to call it, the extended car SUV into the Muni lot with everyone just kind of looking at us <laughs> and like, who are you guys? We're like, oh, nothing. And then everybody clearing out and us jumping back in and getting driven down to the stadium and then yeah. the, the awesome seats and the, the, the great game. It was a good and, time. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, was like I say, if that's the last Browns game I go to uh, face-to-face, yep. I, I'd be okay with it. Yep, agreed. All right. So moving on. Uh, so some a couple of things I wanted to get into, um, and this is going to be – so I've been on the road like crazy, right? So I was out with you last week in in, in Pittsburgh. Before that, I was in Ottawa for work, and, <sighs> and I've been on the road. And then yesterday – or Friday, I had a run down the, uh, the near Portland for a, for a meeting. So – by the time Friday night rolled around, and we talked about this on the podcast before, I do enjoy watching a little bit of outside television, smoking a cigar, doing all that. So by the time Friday night rolled around, I was ready for just de- decompression. Like I was really looking forward to that that, that cigar and that uh, that glass of bourbon. So I just wanted something mindless, right? I didn't want anything that was going to require a lot of thought. We didn't really talk about what we we're going to do on the podcast, so I flipped on. You know, I've been watching, kind of rewatching Friends, just because it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's mindless. It's twenty-two minutes at a pop. You can, you know, it's, it's just easy. Yep. And I popped on an episode, uh, and it was the one where the the power goes out. So it's like season one, like episode seven. Or oh yeah, that's right? where, that's early. That's the Joe Goodacre one, isn't it? The one where. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he gets trapped in the the the, the vestibule the AT, with the Joe. Yeah. Vestibule. Yep. Yeah, with Jill Goodacre. And I had to turn it off, right? And here's why. And this is what I wanted to talk about real quick. And I, I know this is a phenomenon. I know, uh, at least I know it's something that I, I, I have a hard time with is shows where you get embarrassed for the person. I have all, it make the, like, it's, it's not enjoyable for me to watch. Like, where Chandler's in there, obviously making a fool of himself, I have a hard time watching that. It goes back to Three's Company. Like, I could not watch many episodes of Three Companies because Jack Tripper was always making a complete ass of himself. Sure. And I don't know if it's empathy. I don't know whether it just makes it hard. It just makes it like, oh, don't, oh, don't do that. Oh, see? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was the same thing. And and I don't know what that, I don't know if you feel the same way, but there's just sometimes, and in that particular episode, 
I was like, I turned it off. I turned it off like five minutes of him to be an awkward in that vestibule with Joe Goodacre. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Well, the problem that I have with the, especially the first season of Friends, it looks like a time capsule. Like it looks so much. I mean, it's early '90s, but it looks late '80s. You know, like the oh, get, with the acid wash jeans, the high uh, and yeah. the hair and the and the yeah. and the fashion and the the technology, and it just feels so much older than it actually is. Like I have no problems watching anything probably from season five on repeatedly like friends right is as damning as it may be to my my cinema nerd credibility like i love friends it's one of my favorite shows of all time i still watch it on a regular basis i can quote it ad nauseum i i know the storylines i can do trivia and everything on that but watching the first few seasons is difficult one because of the datedness of it and mm-hmm. two they really haven't found their footing like, they really haven't found who the characters were yet. Like, they really right, haven't started right. developing. Like, Joey wasn't the buffoon. Chandler more was. Chandler wasn't. And Ross wasn't the pathetic. He was more the sad sack that you were supposed to feel empathy towards, where later he becomes kind of a caricature of himself, which I actually kind of enjoy more than the, the earlier ones. But I still, like, it's one of those shows that I still watch. I still quote regularly. That was the first show I ever binged watched. We bought the DVD mm. in college. We bought the, the, I think it was 10 DVDs or something, because it was like, what, seven or eight seasons? And we actually sat and watched every single episode over the course of like five or six days with me and like two of my buddies, just a couple, couple cases of beer and just sat, <laughs> right. sat around and binge watched it. So Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's good. So anyways, I turned that off, right, because of this whole, like I just couldn't sit there and squirm. I, it wasn't relaxing to me to watch Chandler squirm sure so, well steve no, I tur- not not to not to change it's not changing topic there's one movie that there's a sequence that i or i absolutely love the movie but i actually fast forward through the sequence sequence it's in swingers when when john favreau's character calls the girl over and over and over again leaving the oh messages, my god yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Ha- I have to fast forward <laughs> through that part just because i feel so unbelievably bad for him and for myself and yeah because everybody knows like you've had those moments like i had one in college where i was like up too late and i was a little too drunk and i got a little too emotional and i called like an ex-girlfriend and did something similar so when i watch something <laughs> like that it just brings, it makes you squirm it makes you squirm yeah and not so, in that good way, not in that horror, yeah. not in that horror movie kind of way. More of just like, right. ew, just stop, man. Just put the phone down. Stop calling and just, yeah, yeah. But and I bet you, if you looked it up, I bet there, like, and to me, it always went back to Three's Company. Like it was just a Jack Tripper effect, <laughs> is what I always refer to it as. It's just like one of those. It's really hard to watch somebody else making a buffoon of themselves. Sure. So I turn off Friends. And I'm, I flip on Netflix, and I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to watch this, uh, what's it called, Living With Myself, the Paul Rudd. Okay. Have you watched any of it? I have not. Is it good? All right. Um, I watched three episodes, and I almost turned it off for the same reason. Oh, really? <laughs> like, there was a, no, no, because there was a scene where I was like, oh, my God, he's walk, like he's going he's gonna to blow. Like It was the same type of anxiety of he's going to make a buffoon of himself in this one like scene like it was clearly that he was just walking in and it was going to go horribly and i almost couldn't watch it but i i, I kind of toughed through it um worth a watch uh yeah I, it's 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 interesting like the the concept and i'm not going to try to spoil too much but i'm only three episodes in right um the, the concept is he's he's he come like he, he comes up with a way to get a better life like he he does something where 
he kind of reinvents himself okay. um, and the, like a better version of himself. But doesn't the um, old version of himself still exist? Exactly. I saw the, exactly. I saw the trailer for it. Like that's okay. not a spoiler because right. that's they give that out in the in the trailer okay. for it. And I really yeah, like- that's exactly that's exactly what happens. And it's that. And I want this is what I want to talk about. And again, ah. I, we didn't prepare anything on this, but it's that what they call and it's not a hundred percent that because this is different. This is a the same. It's almost like time travel, right? Which the two versions of the same person right. existing at the same time, but. I feel like in cinema we've seen like the the body swap thing, right? The thing like in Big, yeah. where the kid wants to be and he just becomes old or Face Off, yep. face <laughs> probably off. A, to a lesser. But it's it's a it's a it's a what it's a, it? like a what was a the plot other one? like like device. father like son? Was that the Dudley Moore? Yeah, Kurt yeah. Cameron there was one? the um, Freaky Friday was yeah. one that they redone the one with Jamie Lee Curtis and was that um. Lindsay Lohan. Lohan, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Um, All of me. Where <laughs> was that? The Lily Tomlin and Steve and Martin Steve kind Martin. of share a body. Yeah. Uh, even to a certain extent, like the hot chick. Like there's all of that as a, as a kind of again. It's not a, it's not a one to one, but enough to the point where I was like, holy crap, that's a thing. Like that's a plot device. Sure. So I looked it up, and it goes all the way back to a book written in 1882 called Vice Versa, oh, wow. where they first introduced it, and then there's a whole bunch. And I just lit, kind of rattled off a couple of the ones that I remember, but there's oh, a whole like if you. There was one you go called look. Vice Versa, wasn't there? With like Fred Savage Kurt, and Kurt Cameron? No, was it Fred Savage? Fred Savage and Judge Judge Reinhold. Reinhold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the whole the whole plot device. So anyways, it was just interesting that I'd never really noticed it before. But this whole idea of like where you look, you can change it, you can approach things from a different, in, introduced perspective in storytelling by having characters doing something that's physically impossible, which is like the adult, like the male becomes the female, or and, and vice versa, or the the parent becomes the child, child becomes the parent, sure. that type of thing. And in this one with Paul Rudd, basically becoming a better version of himself, but having the old version there, it's 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 really an interesting way of doing storytelling. So. To answer your question, like three episodes in or wherever I am, it it's, it raises some very interesting questions. Okay. So uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I'll probably keep watching it. I'll give it a look. Did um, you did you happen to see the new Jumanji? The one with Jack Black I, I, and The Rock and Kevin Hart? No, I have not. It's no. great. Steve, I'm telling you, it is it is the first one. I haven't seen the second one, whatever, next level or whatever it is. But the, the first one is great and almost solely due to Jack Black's character. Because so what the, the premise is, is, a, you know, it's the reboot of Jumanji. But instead of the board game, it's a video game. And they get these four teenagers get sucked into the video game and they become the characters in the video game. And Jack Black's character is like the paleontologist of it. But it's the cheerleader who incorporates that body. So it's Jack Black being an 18-year-old Valley Girl cheerleader, which is hysterical <laughs> in and of itself. But then the new one coming out is called like Next Level, where it happens again, they get sucked back in. But instead of instead of like these high school kids, I think it's Danny DeVito gets pulled into the Rock's body. Um, <laughs> da- Danny Glover gets pulled into Kevin Hart's body. Like, it looks absolutely hysterical. And I, the first one was one of those ones I was just like, ah, you can't remake Jumanji just because I have such a soft spot for the Robin Williams one. But they don't try right. to remake that one. They're just kind of updating it a little bit. And it was so 
friggin' funny and so pleasantly surprising that I'm very, very curious. But just watching Jack Black play an 18-year-old cheerleader but look like Jack Black dressed like a paleontologist is <laughs> is worth the price of admission. So I, I recommend it. And I'm really curious about the new one, too. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to watch. Yeah, I kind of avoided it. I was like, uh, remakes and The yeah. Rock and all that. But yeah, I love Jack Black. So yeah, really anyways, li- Living With Myself, really interesting Thought-provoking. I, I'm wondering where they go with it. I hope they can go a lot. Like, there's some smart writing going on in there. Uh, want to see what they what they do with it. And, and again, it just made me think of like all these others. Like, that's a, that's a that's a that's a thing. Like, there's more than one movie has introduced this. And even though it's not a traditional um, body swap type of thing, it introduces a second body. And it's funny. I mean, the concept behind how they end up where they are. It's got it's got some funny moments in it too. And Paul Rudd's good. Like, he's you yeah. know, he's a good like leading guy for this type of thing. He, yeah. he, he kind of looks like an everyman, you know? Like He's like, what is he, like 102? And he looks like he's exactly the same as he did in like the early 80s. How old is he? Hold on. He is 1969, so he's 50. He's 50 years old, and he does not look like it. Yeah, he, he does not look, yeah. And he's playing somebody who's in his 30s. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'll buy it. But I do, like, right. so we went out with a couple people in the neighborhood last night. We went to like a local like brew pub, took the kids because there's like board games and stuff like that. So we came nice. home. We got home at like nine o'clock and, the, and Aaron and Brody went to bed and I was just laying on the couch and I put on Endgame for some reason and I watched the entire friggin' thing again. All three hours and six minutes. It was like, oh my God. Yeah, 1230 in the morning. I was like, oh, yep. Yes, I just accidentally watched all of Endgame again. But he is so good in that. I just, I, it's Paul Rudd. I, I love Paul yeah. Rudd and everything that he's in. So I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'll give Living With Yourself a chance. Yep. I'll, I'll probably watch some more of it. Um, and then last night, so, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a complete detour. I, for some reason, I couldn't sleep then after this, right? Mm-hmm. So I, one of those things, I started listening to music, whatever, and I don't know, couldn't sleep. I, rarely do I get insomnia. Usually after a long week like that, where I've been all over the place and uh-huh. I'll crash out. I'll, okay, so I'm sitting in my office right right here where I'm recording the podcast from, and I'm listening to music. And I was like, "Well, I need to do something. I'm just gonna sit here and listen to music." I was like, "Oh," and I look over and I have like this box of photos that I've been like, "Oh, I want to." I, and I have a scanner. Like I've been meeting to scan those. So at like one in the morning, I start <laughs> scanning pictures. Um. And yeah, that went on for a while. I ended up seeing a bunch of old pictures. I found a bunch of old old pictures. Um, Any good of, like, ones? The kids, the kids when they were younger. Yeah, not I. Sca- I scanned and sent you and Jen most of the pictures of of us, like from my from my album that Mom made us. These were more of like my and Charlie and Vince yeah. when they were when okay. they were younger. Um, Okay. Yeah, there's there's some good ones in there. I'll send you some, uh, but I still have a bunch more to go through. But that that kind of came out of nowhere. It's one of those things you put off. You're like, yeah, hey, I've got the scanner. I'm gonna scan some pictures, and you're like, when am I gonna do that? And I was like, well, how about one o'clock in the morning on uh, on a Friday? Sounds about right. Uh, let's 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 get home from a brew pub and lay on the couch at nine thirty at night and decide <laughs> to pick a three and a half, three hours right. six minute long movie and watch the entire thing. But. Yeah. Dude, that marks the third occasion in like the past week that I'm me as a forty year old man almost came to tears again. The first time, first one is when I watched Toy Story four. Mm. <laughs> I, I teared up a little bit in that. Second one is when I was watching Jeopardy of all things, and the guy. Did you see that when the guy wagered, "We love you, Alex," for Final Jeopardy because he didn't know the answer, and like Alex Trebek got all choked up. 
Like they, uh, I heard, I, yeah, I didn't know what he did. I just saw like the the headlines on Yahoo, or whatever. So what do he do? He so right before it was the tournament of champions, so they brought all you know Jeopardy James and all the big names back, and they actually all got together before they even started shooting, and they all decided to wear the purple ribbons for pancreatic cancer to support oh, to cool. support Alex. So like they, he said something during the very first show was like, yeah, you know, I, I've noticed you guys are all wearing the purple la- or the purple ribbons, you know, I want to tell you how much that means for me. So the one guy, they got the final jeopardy and he didn't know the answer, so he wagered, you know, who is and he didn't answer anything. And then his wager was we love you Alex with like two hearts. And Alex Trebek started getting choked up, like started tearing up and you heard his voice crack. I turned and looked at Aaron and like I had tears in my eyes and so did she. And I was like, did we just almost cry at Jeopardy? And I was like, (laughs) that show means so much to me, Steve, because it's been on for what, 30 years and that was I remember watching it with Dad when I was real, real young. Like that was that um, was kind of. Our... It's been on longer than thirty years because The Simpsons has been on for like thirty years. Jeez, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> like so... I was trying to explain that I watched The Simpsons in high school. Like that Bartman shirt. I think we talked about this in the podcast. <laughs> I'm a Bartman shirt that I got at the mall in Erie in like I don't know eighty eight. Yeah. 89, something like that. Thirty five years. It started in 1984. Was the the first yep. the first episodes of Jeopardy. Right. So okay, so it's been in existence my entire life to the point where I probably watched it since it started. And yep. Al- Alex Trebek to me is easily top five, probably top three game show host of all time. And that show has always meant because I'm a huge trivia junkie. Like I love going yep. and playing like bar trivia and things like that. So that show's always meant a lot to me, and I've always loved Alex Trebek and to see him get choked up and and talk about you know, what the, the support of the fans and everything has meant for him. Like he's like, not to sound crass, but he's dying. He's, he, he had a relapse. He had a relapse. It came back more aggressive after he was, was in remission for a little bit. And it's hard to watch mm. somebody that you grew up with go through something like that. And for something as simple as just saying, we love you, Alex to him in the middle of a show and then leaving it in without editing it out. Like they could have edited, you know that out because he wasn't on camera when he said it, but you heard his voice crack and then it cuts back to him and you see him welling up a little bit. And I was just like, ugh. And then watching Endgame for like the fifth time last night, <laughs> watching, and it's like twelve thirty in the morning, and I had, had a couple beers and stuff like that. And like I'm sitting there, like this is the end of this run. This is the end of these twenty two movies that have meant so much to me again. Yeah. And it just so three times in the past week, I've almost cried over pop culture. Yeah, it's a proud moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. That's how you can tell we're getting we're getting older and sappier. Um, we're, we're cresting, yeah, we're cresting forty. Did you see Toy Story? You're 4 cresting yet? forty. No, it's no. Re- really good. Like you can tell, like they knew that this is the final hurrah for all of them together, and like there's a whole like kind of curtain call that they do and like even the toys start getting a little bit choked up and you're just like oh my gosh i turned oh, over and looked man. at Aaron, and we're both just like she just goes i know right and i was like it's so sad and <laughs> man up a little bit and i you know punched myself in the face and was better there you go <laughs> um yeah so and, and a little bit of a segue not much um so last night, right, you and I were texting a little bit what we were going to talk. Or you asked me if I had watched, if I had Disney Plus and if I had watched The Mandalorian. 
And I said, no, but I will. But because I was up to like 4 o'clock in the morning, whatever <laughs> I was the night before, I fell asleep. But I woke up right early this morning, felt great. So um, I got up this morning and uh, watched uh, two episodes of Mandalorian. Now, before we do that, I want to talk about uh, Disney Plus real quick. And I don't know if you knew this. Maybe you did. Um, if you have Verizon and you have an unlimited data plan. You get it for free. You get a year. Free for the first year. Yep. That was rad. I was just like, and Janine got a text because somehow hers is tied, whatever. So she got a text saying, hey, we, we've got Disney Plus. I was like, yeah, it was free for a year, <laughs> which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, so that we now have another streaming service, right, between Hulu and um, uh, what we have called have Prime and then Netflix. And now we've got Well, Disney that's Plus. what we signed up because we don't have Verizon Wireless. Like we don't have – we have Verizon cable service, but we don't have Verizon – wireless mm. so we don't get it but we signed up for the hulu disney plus uh espn espn package. espn plus for 12.99 a month so that gives me but that allows me to watch hulu again i i kind of gave up because i wasn't watching castle rock i had stolen my buddy's uh login to watch the first season of castle rock and was getting ready to watch the second season and i'm just right. like ah but one of the things that i had problems with both hulu and disney plus you can't give me one episode a week you can't like they, I've gotten so, I've gotten so accustomed to being able to binge that if right. you're if you're telling me that I'm supposed to maintain this level of veracity for the Mandalorian over the next eight weeks, eh, ah, I don't know, man. You need to adapt with the times. That that's not the way it works. That's not how you capture the culture. Like that's not how you can get as many eyeballs and become the culture phenomenon that any of the other ones that drop. Full, yeah. full seasons at a time. I don't know. Yet. We've talked about this on the pod before, though. Like, I don't hate it. Like, I, if there would have been eight episodes, I would have watched all eight of them today. I probably wouldn't have picked Charlie up from Scout Camp. Like, heck yeah, uh, I would have watched all eight of them Friday night. <laughs> I would have stayed up. Like, uh, but I, then, uh, and then I would wait two years for the next season. Like, sure. I'm okay. Give me something a week at a time so I can maybe mm. vary where I invest my, my watching time, etc. I'm okay mm. with the fact that I only got to watch two of them this morning as opposed to watching all eight. Steve, I'm can o- you I'm imagine okay if that. you only got to watch one? Can you imagine if that cliffhanger at the end of the first Are we doing spoilers about this, by the way? A spoiler alert to anybody listening that hasn't watched it yet. If you would have seen the end of episode one, Steve, and had to wait, I would have been pissed. Because oh, that's a good point. It yeah. ch- it changed the entire landscape of the Star Wars universe. That there is another existence of the species of Yoda. Like that right. that changes it completely, Steve. Because that that whole race of beings was thought to be extinct because they were the most powerful or most most force sensitive of any creature. Like that's why. Yeah. And what is that called? It didn't we don't know. There was no. It was right. never said before ever. Like I don't even know if they ever get. I'm sure they did because Star Wars nerddom has branched out in so many different ways, but. They never made overt reference to what the name of the species is, but they always just said he's the last of, you know, the most powerful Force-sensitive beings on the pl- right. in the galaxy. And all of a sudden, there's another one. And if Steve, if that's what the whole show is going to be about, this badass Mandalorian bounty hunter protecting a young Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Species, I'm, I'm in, man. Like one of my favorite comic books of all time is called Lone Wolf and Cub, and it's about this samurai who finds this kid, and he just protects him for the, like that's the run of the series, and it's awesome. And if that's what they're going to be doing for this, I'm 100 percent on board. 
150% on board just because it changes it. It feels so organically within the Star Wars universe without feeling like it's cribbed on the end, uh, on the end of the Skywalker saga. Like, I don't need to follow, you know what I mean, the politics of the New Republic or any of that stuff anymore. I want right. to see right. all the nooks and crannies of the Star Wars universe. I want to yeah. see the Outer Rim. I want to see where those kind of politics plays no place and that's where the mandalorian operates so well and i and i think this format and i agree with you everything you said i i think this format where you can do longer character development and not just the the stuff like the the last couple of movies are good but there's, there's some fan service in there and, and but you just can't even in like two and a half hours three hours you know, you just have to you just have to kind of hit the high hit the high notes, hit the you know hit the marks, and, and then move on. This is something where you know you can move this a la Game of Thrones or something where you're doing you know eight hours worth of uh, a season to kind of develop how this thing's all going to play out. Sure. I think it would be huge. I think I think Star Wars is a great fit for this kind of Game of Thrones like you know. Get into the long-term character development and 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 see how these things come together. I don't. And I I don't oh, think ahead. I don't think any of these series. And I'm I'm assuming because of the popularity of Mandalorian, it's going to lead to Disney Plus doing a lot of these kind of things. I don't ever want to see a Skywalker in any of these films, any of them, or any of these series ever. Don't ever try to cram anything into the canon of the movies because that's what the problem that the movies are falling into is that there's already been so much established that immediately when you go do something that's not considered canon, you're going to get the nerd backlash. You're going to get all the, the cancel. Agreed. Agreed. You're get the Agreed. So give me all of the stuff that had vague references in the first ones and develop your own mythos out of it and write your own yep. stories and tell these all these interesting that don't take place on Endor or Tatooine or any of these planets that have ever been referenced in any of the movies ever. Don't do it because there's right. so much gold to mine outside of yeah. that. So. I like the idea, though. I, I will say that I like weaving it in a little bit. Not Easter again, eggs, sure. Reference, yeah, yeah. Passing but like references like, to it. The Land Cruiser at the beginning. <laughs> sure. Um, the the ship right that he's on that was like the from the Clone Wars. Yep. Right, wasn't it like a that type of ship that what, what the uh, the men the Mandalorian was on? Yeah, did you carrying that blue guy? Did, did you see the uh, the creature, or at least one of the species of creature that was Jabba's little lapdog? Oh yeah, that know, was the they, were, they were eating. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. Yeah, that that type of stuff, and and you're not too far off. Like, I mean, it it feels familiar, and I had to look it up. Like, I'm like, okay, I know this is. Post Empire, mm-hmm. but how long? Right, because they made the, that. There's a whole thing where they they go through and that um, uh, the Mandalorian is talking to the the guy, and he's got those beat up looking stormtroopers, yep. and and he gives them like, here, you're gonna go, you're gonna go get this. Here's the court. No, here's the finder or whatever. There's the beeper. What yeah. do they call that? The uh, the GPS, uh, basically. Whatever. Yeah, and, and here's what you need to do, and this is what you'll get paid, and all that stuff. And you conclude like, okay, the Empire has fallen, but we don't. And, and I think Favreau said. And, I, and and honestly, until the end, I didn't realize that Favreau wrote that and yeah. and directed it and everything. Or no, he didn't direct it. He wrote it and uh, executive producer. Um, he did a bunch of stuff on it. But 
that that whole thing I thought was was really well done. Really well done. I was yeah. like I was floored and like immediately went. Oh, and he, the oh sorry. Episode. What I was saying was he he said it was five years after the fall of the empire, twenty five years before the rise um, of oh, the first Awakens. Order. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really sweet. Cause we're going to get if you wanted to, and didn't we see that um, Colin McGregor, uh, not Colin McGregor, uh, Ewan McGregor, is going to revise Ben Obi- Kenobi? Yeah, Obi Wan. Yep. So we'll see a little bit of that in here, which could be good, right? Sure, but you also the the problem that you're going to have with that is that Obi Wan is such a established character. You know what I mean? Like he's been in yeah. there. He was in the prequels. He was in the original trilogy. Like that character is already established and is in, inexplicably intertwined with the Skywalkers. That I don't know. I, and I love Ewan McGregor in that role. He was the best part of the prequels. And the idea of mm-hmm. Obi Wan is an interesting character. Like how did he end up on Tatooine? When did, why did he go into exile? Why did he come back out of exile? All of that. Right. But I just think it's going to be very difficult to create something new without feeling like you're doing the fan service of the force right. awakens so we'll see but i like I, I liked everything about it i thought the production value was good i thought nope. the story was good i thought the way they weaved it in it it, it had i hit a lot of really good notes for me and 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 kind of the, at least the first two episodes that we saw yep agreed and then there's that that whole old shit factor when that thing opens up and you're like what is that yep. well like everybody on <laughs> social media actually thought it was Yoda again. I was like, really, people? Like, you really think that Yoda... Yoda was like 900 years old in the first movie. Like, really? They're right. going to go back and now he got reincarnated or something? No, it's another one of the species that we thought were extinct. And that right. that's... I think that was the the genesis of the idea for Favreau, was just the idea of what if there was the, another... The, what if there yeah. was another Yoda? Not necessarily Yoda per se, but what if there was another creature like yoda out there what would that do and but how is that going to fall in the context of the new trilogy of force awakens last jedi and whatever the new one rise of skywalker how is that they don't talk about those and all there's been two movies out and they've never made any reference to that whatsoever so unless this is like a standalone thing where little tiny new new yoda gets murdered somehow i don't know how it's going to work into that right so but I just like I just pulled up the IMDb, uh, the trivia for Mandalorian, and it's just one of them just says the first appearance of a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because that who played the guy, the blue guy? I felt like that was uh, like uh, David Cross, but I, it wasn't. It yeah, was, uh, I don't know what the name, what his name was though. Is that Herzog? No, um, he was the he's the guy with the dirty. He's the guy with the Storm dirty stormtroopers. Yeah, Warner yeah. Herzog is Warner. That, that was my tweet when I sent out and says I don't know if like I haven't even started the Mandalorian yet, but if Warner Herzog is amazing in it because he's amazing in everything and should be in every, <laughs> every right. movie ever. I love love Warner Herzog. That that accent that he has like that was when they were trying to figure out the accent for the Red Skull in the very first Captain America movie. That's mm-hmm. that's the accent that Hugo Weaving does is. His Werner Herzog's accent, and I, and, I, and I just absolutely love it. They just refer to him as the client. Werner Herzog. The um, hands down the best quote of the first two episodes. Oh, yeah. When he when he's going to get his stuff back from the Jawas with the guy, and like, hey, leave your weapons here. He's like, a Mandalorian. Weapons are like our religion. Our religion. <laughs> I thought that was good. I think it and was it, Horatio Sands. Is, yep, 
is Mithriol, was the, the blue guy. Oh, right? okay. Horatio Sands from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. He sounded a little bit like David Cross. Like he, he had a little bit of like a David Cross voice to him. And I was like, what? Yeah, when I was watching it, I knew it was somebody that I recognized, but under that many prosthetics and makeup, you can't really tell. So, yeah. right. And I'm glad I looked it up now. It's Horatio Sands. And, and Takiti was in there. Yeah, he's the he's the battle droid. He's the he's the voice of the the gun, oh really the gun the, droid the, that he that the Mandalorian kind of buddies up with for which know. that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. like that whole that yeah that whole stuff. Like um, we have not seen a droid with guns Mm-mm. like well, like yeah, that and with and with a personality, right? Well, yeah, a badass droid. Like the the droids in the prequels were all basically stormtrooper surrogates that couldn't hit anything like considering you're supposed to be a finely tuned machine (laughs) focusing on an algorithm you still can't hit anything like a stormtrooper to finally see one that actually is a badass is pretty cool but i don't know if it's dead or not you know what i mean like it gets shot in the chest he shot it in the head and we know he shot it in the head because he's gonna kill he was gonna kill the little he's gonna kill yoda 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 jr yeah Kind of looked like Gizmo from a little, a little bit because he a had little, the ears. Like, I'm bit. like, don't feed it after midnight. <laughs> it's, it's always <laughs> after midnight somewhere. Time is time is don't, irrelevant. Don't, don't get it wet. Time is irrelevant. That's what I mean. Like, if yeah, you, I'm in. I am in. I'm, like I said, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up here shortly because I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> and it's funny. I told Charlie about it, and he was like, "Do you know what Mandalorian and like in that metal? What's that metal called? Oh, uh, ba- yeah. Basker Steel." Yeah, he's like, do you realize like that Mandalorian? Uh, they use that stuff to make armor, and that armor can can short out a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, it can, it like, can actually like deflect it's, the shorts. Yeah, and it will actually cause it to like turn off. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew it could deflect. Yeah. I you read it, it in could... some book. I'm like, all right, good on you. I'm like, <laughs> I want to watch it for you. you. Can explain me stuff. So I was like, I, I was a little lost in there. I was like, again, I had to Google it. Like, when does this take place? Like, yeah. what am I seeing? Because I see dirty stormtroopers, which says the Empire's fallen. They talk about the Empire having fallen, but where do these Mandalorian guys fit in? So. Yeah, and it's not like just that was one of the the message boards that I read. It was like it's just because the Death Star got blown up and Vader and Emperor gone doesn't mean like the rest of the hierarchy all disappeared too. It's not like immediately after it's done, you're like, okay, all bets are off. It's back. Oh, in but the currency chaos. the currency is no good. Imperial Imperial um, credits. credits were no good. Yeah. Sure, but. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely intrigued. In. Now, are they doing more than Mandalorian, or is that kind of the main? I think this is going to be the, what they're going to gauge whether they're going to do more. They were waiting yep. to see how it played with the audience, how it played with the 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 signups for Disney Plus and and everything like I that. I heard that they and I'd have to check. Like their their goal was, I think, 90 million subscribers. They hit 15 on the first day. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say they got. I think yeah, they were either at ten or fifteen already. The last, the last I heard weeks. at the end of whenever it came live, the eleventh, I think it was, or the twelfth, they had thirteen point seven at the end of that twenty-four hour period. Is what I heard. I have no no factual basis for that. I read it on Twitter, so it could be completely completely wrong, but so good. Like that's one of those ones. I highly recommend to anybody who enjoys Star Wars whatsoever watch The Mandalorian. Sign up for Disney. I have my own problems with the mouse. Like I don't necessarily like how this is all becoming a monopoly on all the things that I really like. Yeah. Like it says ten million subscribers as of four days ago. Okay. So yeah. To, to it's gotta Google. be above that. 
If you get a chance, Steve, and you're just looking for something to watch, watch all the shorts that Pixar did. They're all really good. Like, Brody and I were just killing. We signed up for it, and we were watching And then he had, like, maybe 15, 20 minutes to kill before we went to bed. So I was looking, and I was like, oh, look, there's a whole section of shorts. So we pulled a couple up. We watched the first one, and I was like, wow, that was really good. Then we watched the second one, and then they all take place in the side stories of the main Pixar movies that we saw. So to explain it further, the the Incredibles one. So if you mm-hmm. remember in the first Incredibles, when Jack-Jack first starts showing his powers, he's left at home with the babysitter, and the babysitter calls and leaves oh, uh, right, uh, yeah. Elastigirl a bunch of messages. She goes, I don't know what you're doing, but the things are getting really <laughs> weird. So the short, Steve, is the babysitter at home with Jack-Jack. And all the stuff that's happening, and she calls and leaves those messages, like as things as Jack Jack starts oh fa- phasing yeah. through walls. Well, then the we watch the the one from Up, and so the one from Up literally takes place the seven minutes before you meet Doug in the movie Up. It's what how Doug got from where he was to when he meets up with, oh, what is it, Ed Asner's character, and yeah, those two. But like that's they're all like that. They're all like. They're direct tie-ins Little mini-movie prequels, like, yeah, here was exactly. their story. Yeah. And they're all really, really well done because it's friggin' Pixar, and Pixar does everything well. So, Right. But, yeah, when we watched, and then she calls and leaves the messages, I was like, holy crap, it's actually the, the sound from the movie itself of her calling, but you're just hearing it from the babysitter's end instead of Elastigirl's end when she's listening to the messages. So, yeah, it's really good. But. Nice. You know, you know, I have my problems with the mouse, and I already gave all my money to them, and I've been watching yeah, pretty you're much. Go see him, but come on, it's Marvel, it's Star Wars, yeah. it's, it's Pixar. Put it all, take my money. Like, <laughs> yeah, just take know. it, just bleed it, just stick and it in for my six ninety nine. Like it's making it nineteen ninety nine, and you got all this. Like we, Maya wanted to watch Aladdin for the longest time, and it's been out of print. Right, yep. Disney would put stuff on DVD and pull it out, and I found it like a day before our birthday, and I got it. It cost me like thirty bucks sure. to get like a Blu ray copy with the digital for. For Aladdin, now they have all that stuff is on Disney Plus. All of it, all of it, Steve. Like, I, Brody watched like Lilo and Stitch. Watch, I haven't watched yep, Lilo Li- and Stitch uh, in twenty five Li- years. Yep, Lion King, Aladdin, it's all there. And they were saving up, and I was like, I eh, know, but I wanted her to have it for her birthday. Steve she really likes it. Go, go through and look through the. Uh, I think there's a section called Old School, or so, it's something like that. And I was flipping through Apple Dumpling Gang and a bunch of old, nice, a bunch of old like Don Knotts. Tim Conway movies are on there. Gotta so, love those. Yeah, that's right. As soon as yeah, so now we now I've got it. a whole bunch of more stuff to go through, and it's hard to get the kids to watch movies. So, uh, as we wrap up here, I've got two other things to kind of touch on, and I can't remember. I have to keep me honest in this one. Going back to the beginning of this year, I always do season six. <laughs> so, we I think we talked. Uh, um, hold on, looking through the notes here. When did we do Guilty Pleasures was episode, season six, episode 16. Yep. And I can't remember. I could guess I could look at the show notes here. Uh, if I talked about the Curse of Oak Island. You did. Yeah. So did. Well, that's when I, I, I called so, you out that it's all made up. So, it's not all made up. So <laughs> some, somehow I missed the fact that it debuted last week. So now I'm like two episodes behind. And I started watching it this morning after I watched The Mandalorian because I started. I was up at six o'clock or whatever. Um, I started watching it. And I was like, "Oh God, this is." I, I I don't even know it's a pleasure anymore. I think it's a unhealthy obsession <laughs> that 
I, I kind of like it's like it's false hope. It's like I watch it. I, I literally I don't know that I enjoyed it, but I couldn't turn away either. It's that whole train wreck thing. Sure. Yeah, but like I said, so, Steve, like the the Nielsen ratings or however they they register. You know, watches. They don't. I was watching this ironically, or I was watching to see what a dumpster fire it was. Like you just you count as a statistic. It counts as, as a viewer. As yeah, a viewer, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why you're watching, as long as you're watching. Right. It's just like tweets. You can you have know, bad takes, good takes, mm-hmm. whatever. Troll people. Hot, all hot get takes. Eyeballs. Hot takes. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It. Last thing. So, how this is? You know, this was one of those uh, conversations that we had at dinner. Uh, and I thought it was funny. So, are you familiar with the whole "Hello, uh, Okay, Boomer" thing? I am. I am. Okay. All right. So, in your describe to me and to our listeners what that would be if they're not familiar. What the? And okay. just see if you and I have the you and I have the same take on what uh, because I I, I would say uh, my uh, my daughter and I maybe have different points of view on what that actually means. What so, I what I thought it was was just a millennial's insult to everybody older than them that they correct. don't they don't get how modern society works. So that is kind of their casual uh, deflection or yeah or just kind of basically okay, boomer, you don't know what you're talking right. about. It's the millennial culture now. It's it's right. 2019. You don't get it. And like people were like, I'm not a boomer. I'm, I'm considered, I think, Generation Y. I'm not, I'm not sure. a boomer. Yeah, boomers start at like 55. Yeah, like right that's, now. Yeah. yeah, like that's 15, you know, 10, 15 years older than me. Like, than then they just, but everybody, now it's just the easiest, most convenient way to lump everybody that's older you into one group to insult. It's like, okay, boomer. But, yeah, and my point was to Maya, she's like, somebody got fired for saying, okay, boomer. And I was like, and they probably should have. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, boomers refer to a generational group of age and whatever it was. I didn't know, but it was like you look it up. I think it's age 55 to 67 or something like that. They were born uh, post – like I think it would have been post 1938. Yeah, it's after – well, it's after World War II. Yeah, so my – 45. At this point, 45. Yeah, yeah. Dad's a boomer. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And barely, right? Barely. He's yeah. actually, he'd be on the upper end. But, anyways, so I was like, and because, but my, I was like, somebody got fired. And, and I was like, that's because they're referring to a group of people that is identified as age, which is a protected class. Yeah. It's ageism. Under, uh, and it's ageism. And she's like, no, it just means that you're, you're out of touch. I was like, but boomer, the term baby boomer mm-hmm. refers to a group of people then. That is, and if you said that in the workplace and it was taken the wrong way, that is harassment. Yeah. Age, age is a protected class. They should have got fired. And the only reason I knew that was I had, um, I had uh, uh, our annual what do they call it? Um, harassment training. <laughs> so I had it that morning, and I was like, I was throwing all of it. I was like, age is a protected class, and if it's a protected class like this, and she's like, but it's not. And I was like, so that was a. Uh, that was a fun discussion. I completely got saved from the fact that I had my harassment training that morning, training that morning, and then I had that the conversation at dinner. But yeah. all seriousness, though, I mean, that it, it is. Even though it's a funny thing, it's okay, boomer. It's like, hey, snowflake, you don't know this. Talking to the younger generation, and the younger generation is like, all right, bo- okay, boomer. Yeah. So, but but this also funny, falls, but also in the workplace could be harassment. But falls back into the whole woke 
slash cancel culture slash everybody is offended by everything <laughs> right now like it's it, i thought it was funny like i don't when people says like if someone ever said okay boomer to me i would first think they're an idiot because i'm not a boomer at all and i wouldn't take it as they're trying to demean me because of my age but because i'm not a sensitive snowflake that's why there are a lot of people out there that could be right. offended by that but it's just it's it's such a weird time in this country like it really is like they like so miles garrett dominated the news on friday when there was another school shooting in california and there was impeachment hearings on the news i know and, and we're talking right. about a guy that hit another grown man over the head with a helmet just... right and and on on the field like it wasn't yeah. like yeah Someone's like, it's an attack with a deadly weapon. Like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's the and it's the media. Like, and it's not even media. It's it's social media, it's social and, media, and, and and big box media, and it's all of it. And it just it drives me. Well, like, I just I feel like I'm done with Twitter. I'm pretty close just because because I just read all the shit. I was like, oh my god, like it's well, all like hot take this, hot take that, and <laughs> and, and you get, you know you get in there. And there's some good things in there. Sure. Right? I mean, there's there's decent – like when you hear other players talk about what happened and their point of view. But mostly it's just people trying to get a rise out of other people oh, yeah. or saying excessive things that they would never say to anybody's face. So it's completely not held to the same standard as any other communication. And people can just say whatever they want and with no, no real consequences. I'm going to give you a piece of advice when it comes to Twitter. Like, I don't really – Facebook is one of those ones that, like, oh, my God, look, everybody's life is so much better than mine. And then I look at Instagram, like, oh, my God, everyone's so much prettier than I am. And then I go to – then I go to Twitter and it's a cesspool where you just kind of weed in with the rest of the mongrels and stuff. But they have the you have the ability to mute things for certain amounts of time. So what I did is on Monday or on Friday morning, I went in and muted everything that said Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, any of that for at least 48 hours. So anything that popped mm -hmm. up that was even making vague reference to that. Steve, every morning, I have it set up that every morning it weeds out everything except dog videos. So when I'm in the when I'm taking my morning dump, all it is is funny funny dog videos and cat videos and pet videos because I don't want to start my day off weeding through the cesspool that is Twitter. So when I go in and I'm taking my morning dump and I pull up Twitter, all it is is funny dog videos and, you know, dogs, like, bro. yeah, like, yeah, dogs, bruh. Like it's just <laughs> that whole, but it's all of stuff like that where instead of starting it off on a bad foot where everything's so inherently negative, I started off with a good laugh or, you know what I mean? Put things in perspective versus, and it's real easy, Steve, you can just go in and you can mute for 24 hours, 48 hours, however long you can do it permanently. Like you can say, I never mm -hmm. want to see something from this person ever again, or I don't want to ever see another tweet about, you know, John Wick is stupid. Like just anything that you mm -hmm. want to, and it, just set it up that way. And it helps weed out a lot of right. the negativity because it is. Like, but I just feel like people only post negative things. Because like, likes are likes, and that's what one of my buddies went out to. But the, I don't know that anybody like. I feel like it's just this turned into this thing where people vent, and then nobody posts positive things. Hey, that was great! Did you see that? It's more like, oh, that was like even when it's good, people like. And, and Brown fans have this underlying negativity because of 
20 years of <laughs> futility. Yeah. Like we, we're all kind of like, oh, Browns are going to Browns. Or like, oh, they're going to lose. Like there's this, there's this kind of self-deprecating thing that just is amplified on yeah. Twitter because everybody's like that. Like that sucks. This is stupid. I'm never watching this team again. I'm going to light my, my jersey on fire you know, <laughs> in, my, in my yard. Like, dude, yeah. I, but nobody's ever like, hey, you know <laughs> what? We beat the Steelers and the Ravens for the first time ever. ever. No, nobody ever posts that stuff. Nope. Everybody posts uh, – I guess I read that somewhere. So one person must have posted it. But it's all the negativity, and that seems to get amplified. Well, yeah, and it's all it, – it comes down to a numbers game too. Like it doesn't matter if you're following somebody just to see what horrible things that they say. A buddy of mine just went out to the American film market, the AFI, out in California. And like they – one of the things every time he went into a meeting was how many Twitter followers do you have? How many – and one guy was like, does that matter? And they said, yes, that absolutely matters because that's going to be your audience and whether there's going to be a market for it. So he could go and be the biggest troll ever and get massive yeah, amounts followers. of followers, yeah. but it, it, the integrity of it isn't there where it's just solely a numbers a numbers game. And like most of more times than not, like I know a lot of people that have in the thousands and thousands of Twitter followers and some of them are a bot. You can pay to get thousand Twitter followers. Like, oh it's my just, god, it's all it's can funny. Be manipulated. Way, way back in the early days of Twitter, there was a guy I worked with uh, at, at Suskutech, um, and in in the community, in the community, the technical community where we operated, they had like the top twenty five influencers list, mm-hmm. which were mostly people that spoke at conferences, were on sure. social media, and real active in the community. And he made that list. But he made it be, and not many people knew this, is he had written some script. This was, again, this was probably 10 years ago. Sure. He had written some script that would take other people's tweets that were kind of influencers and then tweak it and then post it at his own. And that's how he got like all these followers and became an influencer because they looked at followers and number of tweets and yep. number of likes. And he just play, he played the system. Yep. I was like, good on you. You figured it out. Dude, they just said that Facebook just deleted, I think, 40 billion fake accounts. Oh, really? Yeah, like there was some kind of giant purge that they went and found. Like, dude, like that is ridiculous. And when it comes down, like this is how some people get their funding, like for their films and stuff. And it comes down to all of this manipulation of data. Like the idea of Facebook's autoplay. When, when Facebook first introduced the whole video feed that they had and mm-hmm. when it started autoplaying, as long as it was on your screen, it didn't even have to be 100% on your screen. You could be scrolling right. down and it would still be playing. That would count as a, like a, a view. Right. So you get all of these amp- – but that's – so now all of these companies that thought that this was going to be the new wave of video marketing or how to get exposure – all of these these numbers are skewed and manipulated, and now all of these companies that did away with like their actual journalism aspects of their jobs, like of the actual written word, switched to doing 100% video, and now the algorithm is screwing everything up, and now they're closing all of these 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 media outlets because they switched from written journalism and actual people that knew how to write research and and write these actual journalistically credible stories to just pushing content to get views that they're all closing now. So all of these creatives are now out of jobs and now they're turning back to social media to try to create their own brands, which means they have to try to massage the system. And it's just so weird and bizarre. And everyone's like, well, why don't you just get a job doing that? And I'm like, because the market, because like, I like 
having money in my account. I don't like living paycheck <laughs> to paycheck. I'm right, not suffering right. for my art. And they're like, all right, well, then right. you're just going to be unhappy. I'm like, okay, then so be it. I'll be unhappy in my big house. <laughs> right. Well, then it goes back to it. I can't remember if I ever pitched you this. I don't know if you ever talked to us on the podcast. If we did, stop me. Um, years ago, and I was trying to find it um, in my, my notes here. Years ago, like it has to be at least eight years ago. Uh, when when Facebook was kind of coming into its, not only was it being used for personal reasons, it was people starting to use it for business and everything. And I remember sitting there at our office, uh, you know, after hours one night, I was like, really should make hate book, <laughs> right? Because I'm tired of liking things. Because you your only alternative is you like it. What if you don't like it? So the like I, the idea here is hate book. So instead of unifying people by what they have in common and people they like and all that. It would be the opposite. It was black branded. I even did a little mock-up of it. So the idea is you don't friend people. What you do is you would put a person out there and say Mason Rudolph, and you say, I hate him. And then you are now unified with all the other people. Who hate him. That hate him. So now you can see, oh, who do you hate in common? That's that's a slippery slope, man. That's a slippery slope. And then when people post things, you have no opportunity to like it. You can only hate it. Um, I, I you would have understand. hate. You would have hate groups. So people that are unified, like if you hated the Steelers, then you you and I would belong to the Steelers. We wouldn't belong to the Browns because we like the Browns, but we would belong to the hate Steelers, where we would be in there with Ravens fans. We would be in there with Cincinnati Bengals fans. So we would unify all of this negativity yeah, into areas that we then could that we could monetize. Because nothing bad has ever come about of organizing <laughs> large groups of people that hate the same amount of people. Like that just But we're doing it already, but we're Steve, doing it under the guise of liking it. Steve, but you just said the actual terminology hate group, which means <laughs> that if anyone listens to this or it goes through any filter is going to run up a red flag because hate groups are not a good thing. Well, but it's no, it's it, it's the I get it. I and there I would be there was there was umlauts in the title too. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but it was <laughs> see, I'm going. It was a, it was a joke, but I did buy the do- domain name at one point. Did you? I owned Hate Book. Now Hate Book B O O K was taken, but H A T E B U K with umlauts hate was book. not taken. Hate Book, and then the the tie in with German which makes it even funnier. Yes, yeah, so it um, does. See, it makes we it more, find, we it make, find it funny. Makes it more ironic, and it hopes it proves a point that, that it just seems like there's this tremendous amount of neg- negativity and and hate and all this stuff. Even for Mason Rudolph, which and again, you look at it, and again, I look at what he said, and I was like, oh my god, like this guy has like I, he just comes from a different group of people. Like he yep. gets in front after what he did, he had zero accountability, and he got up and he could have said nothing. He's like, I've got no comment, or yep. it's unfortunate. He's like, what do you call him? A coward? Call him a coward, and it was bush said league. It, was, it was bush league and coward, and like it's like I, he hit you in the head with your own helmet. He didn't try to punch in the nuts. Yeah, like well, I, Steve, I don't know. And, and, but again, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on that. But I guess my point is. Like there's just it's all that negativity and all that stuff. It's 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 out there on these mediums that are supposed to be positive, or, yep. and it just people don't. I, I don't just feel like there's a ton of positivity. I, I think I'm going to adopt your. I'm only going to follow dog videos <laughs> Dude, on I'm Twitter for like two weeks and see what it does. It changes your morning. 
It does. Like every morning now, like I'll send something to Erin and it like, cause I get up way before she does and I get to work way before she does. And I usually take my morning dump right as she's getting up and I always send her something in the morning and she's like, it does. It changes your, it changes your demeanor to start the day rather than opening, you know, reading the news and seeing what else awful thing happened in the world and immediately starting off on a sour note you get a dog sliding down a hill on its back over and over and over again or the oh my god that was funny or I've the, seen this. the video of the dog where the the owner opens the back of the truck and the dog just sprints and just ju- leaves and you know and jumps into the water they're at like a reservoir oh. or something like that and they're like i wonder if this dog's gonna like the water and it opens the back and the dog just <laughs> sprints as fast as it can and jumps in like i'd rather start my day off there than a beat by beat account of the, the shooting in california or the impeachment hearings or yep. or people's hot takes on whether miles garrett is a criminal and should be banned for life from the nfl like it's just that's the problem. Like social media is supposed to bring everybody together, and it yep. is to a certain extent, but not necessarily for the good re- for the right reasons. So, agreed. Um, so we're gonna finish on a positive note. <laughs> hey, I'm positive. Browns won. I say, uh, Browns yeah. won. Mandalorian was awesome, and I watched Endgame yeah. again last night. So I'm there good. Yeah. Go. All right. So I would say follow us on Twitter at Match Wits. But, uh, again, giving the recent uh, conversation here, don't know you're going to see a whole lot of us there. Um, <laughs> but, but you can. Or you can go to our website, matchwits.com. Uh, you can find us on your, your podcasting application of choice. We'd love to hear from you. Give us feedback, good or bad. Put, you know, Give us a rating, reviews, tell your friends. And uh, we're going to keep doing it regardless. But uh, we'd love to get some more listeners, get some more listener feedback at least. Uh, and with that, Chris, take us out. I bid you adieu. Later. See ya.